I'm riding down Elvis Presley Boulevard. I'm riding down Elvis Presley Boulevard. Got the dog boot, the soft nigga in the heart. You could tell them crackers, they can go and get the dogs. I'm riding down Elvis Presley Boulevard. Riding down Elvis Presley Boulevard. Got the boy, got the girl, and I got the heart. Tell them pussy crackers, they could bring the dogs. I got Priscilla. And we are back. This is serial number 12 of the EPP broadcast. I am your girl, Anisha, and I am joined by my illustrious co-host, my girl, Bridget, my guy, Ted, and my guy, Joel. How's everyone doing today? Good. Good. I'm throwing a peace sign like y'all can see me. Chill. Y'all can see me. All right. We know that we have been gone for a minute, but we needed to take some time to just kind of get some things in order for ourselves to just refresh and come back ready to tackle on what we got on the plate for today and just, you know, everybody need a damn break. We need a vacay. So that's what we did. So I'm just going to start to my right, which is where Joel would be. But the computer is there, so how you doing, Joe? I'm doing good. Um, you know, just kind of chilling. Um, you know, trying to get my parents in order. Looking at all this rain that we're getting down here in Houston. Patricia. Yeah, yeah, the remnants of uh, Hurricane Patricia. Uh, it's, and plus, we were supposed to get rain anyway, and it's just been just been raining. So raining, raining, and more rain. Right. Patricia is the distant cousin of a uh, dead bitch Karen. Eh? <laughs> 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 I'm about to tell a story about that bitch named Karen. Oh my god, that would be yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Oh damn, man. Yes. <laughs> so then we can ask Bridget how she's doing. Then she tells the story yeah, about yeah, that bitch yeah, Karen. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So Bridget, how you doing this week? I'm doing good. Um, I celebrated my birthday. Happy birthday to me. I'm still celebrating. <laughs> um, yeah, so everything is cool. Everything is cool. Joe, you was about to say something? No, I was just clapping. That's all. Oh, okay. More claps. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this quick. So that bitch named Karen comes from um, this work story that I'm gonna make real short. I did not like this lady that I work with. She knew I didn't like her, and she decided to throw me a surprise birthday party. No, 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 no. Not surprise birthday party. I was leaving the job and she wanted to throw me a surprise going away party. Going away party. And uh, she decided to buy me a cake. And I got word of that she was throwing me a party and I didn't want a party because I didn't like that bitch. So um, I came around the corner where the cake was at. You know, everybody was standing there. And um, I proceeded to go off and say, I don't want no goddamn cake. I don't like you. I don't like you. Fuck you. No, I didn't say all of it. But I, I just told her I didn't want the cake. And uh, I walked off. And she is known as that bitch named Karen. I don't want to use her name, so I call her Karen. It just seems appropriate. So that bitch named Karen. And that's why I use for any type of person you don't really feel like that. You don't feel them. It's like become that. that bitch Karen. That bitch named Karen. Yep. So... Yeah, that's the short end of it. I ain't want to go into too much detail. But that's not our word of the week. Just say so yeah. <laughs> you can use that. <laughs> but I can't. I 
I'm going to use it. <laughs> I guess I'm okay. <laughs> All right, then, Ted, how you doing this week? I'm good, man. Um, the weather is changing on us. I think last week and the week before it's been warm and sun's been shining. Today it's dreary and it's cold. Last mm-hmm. time we did this podcast, Bridget had on um, shorts. Mm-hmm. Now we over here with long johns and jogging pants on and hoodies. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, we're trying to get ready for this fall weather. Hopefully, if fall fits here and it won't be ninety degrees next week. Nice. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Please. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Sound excited, don't you? <laughs> All right, then. So um, let's go ahead and jump into the word of the week, which my damn is by far, to me personally, the best word (laughs) we have chosen this far. Everybody's getting their phones ready. (laughs) Yeah, because just before we started, we just kind of looked up. Because what we like to do is you can find all these words um, at the Urban Dictionary. And we love the commentary for like the people that put their definitions and then their example sentence using the word, which like, you know, if you use it in a sentence, then, but these are by far the best ones, the best examples of using them in a sentence I've <laughs> yeah. ever seen before. I think, I think Memphis put this shit in. <laughs> yeah. The first person from Memphis, uh-huh. yeah. So the word of the week is quadrant. So uh, the definition for flogging was uh, lying or not telling the truth. And the first example sentence was, quit flogging all the damn time. <laughs> yes, they had a little emphasis. Like, quit flogging all the damn time. Man, <laughs> your ass always flogging. <laughs> that bitch named Claire Karen was flogging, trying to be my motherfucking friend. Love flogging ass, see? <laughs> Slodging looking ass. See, that's how you do the <laughs> easiest words together. See how it works in words. <laughs> so just, um, and that's pretty much the only way that I've ever used slodging. Mm, that's the only mm-hmm. way I know. I've, I, I like the second one was a loose combination of the words fake and flossing. Like driving your dad's car around town with the windows down like it's yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Slodging in your daddy's car. Yeah. Or some shit like this. Daddy probably got an LTD or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Now, my favorite was the third one. It says, with just one's character to please others or to act differently towards others for no apparent reason or to act in an unacceptable or snooty manner towards family and friends. And the example sentence was, Eddie was apparently flogging because he got some new shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I automatically thought of Eddie Winslow. <laughs> 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 it's exactly the shit. So, you know I ain't right. <laughs> oh my God. Every time I think about Eddie Winslow, I think about him and Tracy Spencer saying yeah. What? I don't remember that. They were, they were they when we get to our first break, we're going to show you oh, the video. They see the tender kisses. Yeah, tender kisses, yep. Yes. You don't remember that? Oh, that was no. Oh, we're going to show you. <laughs> oh, I'm just sitting here with the shock face like, what? You know they got emojis for that now. <laughs> Not just the... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. 
So if you guys can tell us how you use Flygen in a sentence, leave it on our uh, Twitter handle. That's at EPD Broadcast or at uh, Elvis Presley Boulevard. Mm -hmm. So do that. Leave us comments on our Facebook page. Let us know that you are listening and we would like to hear from you. So what we're going to do is we're going to jump to our first break. And when we come back, we're going to jump into the barbecue pit with a pretty good one. So stay tuned. I hold it down like a Snapchat. Go over your head like a snapback. Uploaded a pic, double tap that. And your flow so old, granddad. Bruh. It's just banter. Yeah. I'm way too much like a black cab. I boss. What are you Snapchatting in the club for? Just dance, man. Like yo fam alam, yo fam, yo fam alam. Ain't no girl better than. I'm on the roads, caravan. Let me do this fast, Ramadan. Cause it's going down, avalanche. I'ma keep it short, paragraph. Queen Lee, Shama Rain, and Iraq. Take your off Israel, Nazareth. Oh Jesus, oh Lord, oh Jesus. A couple of snaky friends, just Adam and Eve lost. And there's no debate on who's better. Come on. I'll turn a man to a girl like Bruce Jenner. I shout down the dance like. We broke down the dance like. I be the one they love, I be the done, they know where I'm from, oh one to the two one, yo brethren, where is your hairline gone? I can't believe it, I can't believe the cheek, some girls wake up and don't even brush their teeth, that's a dead thing, that's a bad breath thing, how could you talk my name and you ain't even brush your teeth, 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 Bars cold like a TikTok. You've got a pop belly like Rick Ross. <laughs> Stiff gal, do the TikTok. Big mouth gal, where's your lips gone? Where? I ain't got time to be TikTok. No. But I got a new wristwatch. Let's go toe to toe, flip flops. I make the crowd jump like crisscross. Sure, sure. I got a dark skin friend that looks like Rachel Dozel. Mm -hmm. And I got a light skin friend that looks like Rachel Dozel. Mm -hmm. Which one's which? Not sure. Nah. Them gala clapped, encore. Don't think you're buff cause you're wearing contour. Cause I'll wipe your brows off. Yeah. I'll snap your wig and your nails off. I go blind, hands out. Like I'm at the nail shop. Look, these girls are bluffing. Uh -huh. They really ain't on nothing. Nah, man. You can't do dirt on me. Are you gonna go and get your cousin? What? Everything end rosy, I beg you not. I'll clean the teeth through and set it off. Yeah. Then I bounce like a belly flop, got one eye on your man Fetty what? Yeah, baby I'm getting what? Watch me like Netflix You go to the club, but you ain't got dough for your gas and electric Let it! I can't believe it, I can't believe the cheek Some man wake up and don't even brush their teeth How could you do that? How could you even speak? How could you talk my name and you ain't even brush your teeth? Brush your teeth! Brush your teeth! Brush your teeth, 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 Queen speech for you now. Brush your teeth, side for the way. Brush your teeth, bang And now we are back with the barbecue pit, and we're going to talk about Lamar um, Odom and Khloe Kardashian. Mostly Lamar, well, mostly Lamar Odom on my eat. Um, <laughs> but um, if you haven't heard already, Lamar Odom, um, he had and he 
had an overdose and he went into a coma, I think like a couple, a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, man, by the grace of God, because I just read um, yesterday, that man had 12 strokes. 12 strokes. They found, um, they did a brain scan. He had 12 strokes. Um, he's going to suffer some kidney damage, um, liver damage. Of course, his motor skills is going to take some time to get him back to at least halfway where they used to be. Um, but he overdosed on cocaine and herbal Viagra. Anybody heard of it? Yeah. Okay. Is it dangerous? It must be dangerous as a mother. <laughs> it probably needs to be pills. <laughs> yeah. With that damn cocaine, that shit lethal in the mug. I think he was. Yeah, it's not really dangerous, but. Yeah, a three day binge with she cocaine. Take that sip, deep, be hard and shiny. <laughs> oh my God. to say a few words and I think I read somewhere where he was able to text um Khloe Kardashian to be by his side and now it's, they're saying that they're no longer going to get a divorce they're withdrawing the divorce um so uh, I guess yeah this yeah yeah so I'm going to get a round table of what everybody thoughts and prayers <laughs> I'm scared to start with Ted first, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna go with Ted first. <laughs> I'm my my points are really simple. Um, I'm less concerned with Chloe and Lamar, and I'm more uh, focused on the ridiculous that is James Harden. What? <laughs> oh, they did that. Yes, okay. James Harden and Chloe Kardashian have been dating for a while, and apparently. Um, here recently, you know, when they decided that they weren't ready to finalize the divorce and they were going to move forward, try again, you know, she, it was it was made clear that she reached out to James Harden and said that you know they were done. But <clears throat> I have just forever been blown away by James Harden. Here's a dude that makes millions of dollars. He's the star of his team. With all that money, he still has yet to get his teeth fixed. But even crazier than that, you got all this money. All this money, and people know that when you're that wealthy and you're an athlete, you can pretty much have any woman you want. You look at some of the ugliest cats in the league, like Kevin Garnett. I mean, old school guys like Tyrone Hill. You look at their wives, Sam Cassell. You look at their wives or the people they date, and these women are gorgeous. And clearly, it's not because the men look good. It's because they're wealthy and they provide a certain lifestyle. And so, even with all that, you would think that James Harden would be able to go out and get him a decent woman. But instead, no, I'm not. I'm not talking about Chloe. Oh, I'm not talking about Chloe. I'm saying that because James Harden is notorious for going to strip clubs and blowing hundreds of thousands of dollars and paying strippers to have sex with. That that's his mo. I don't know if you know, but that's his mo. He pays strippers for sex, and he's always at the strip club 
throwing stacks of money. That's his MO. That's what everyone knows about him around the league. So with that being said, I'm just I'm just blown away. And then you turn around, you hook up with Chloe, and now she leaves you for her junkie boyfriend who probably won't never be able to shoot a jump again in his life. <laughs> what, what 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 does that leave you? How does that how does that how do you weigh up now? You, she left you for a dude who spent seventy five grand on three hookers to have sex with him for three days and wait on him hand and foot. She still left him for you. That's crazy, man. Like that that's gotta do that's gotta do a lot of <laughs> negative damage to your self esteem. I would feel so bad. <laughs> to be at your lowest point at that time. So I'm just really concerned about James Harden where he's going. <laughs> <laughs> he quite possibly could be on suicide watch right now. I know dudes in the league are clowning him right now. You got dumped by Khloe Kardashian, dude. That's a, that's a, that, I'm blown away. Um, man, can hard. you imagine the trash talking that's gonna happen on court? Man, man. Damn. I mean, cats gonna clown this guy. <laughs> it's gonna be bad, man. And, but as far as Lamar and Khloe, you know, uh, you know, I, I hope Lamar gets well. Um, they talked about a lot of the stuff that he dealt with prior to, um, you know, his drug addiction. And he dealt with a lot. You know, his father would, uh, had a drug addiction. Um, I think he lost a child uh, who, was, who passed right after birth. Um, she lost his best friend. Yeah, recently. lost his best friend. He's dealt with a lot of tragedy in his life. And, and I mean, it's no surprise that people who deal with the kind of tragedy that usually tend to, you know, lean towards some kind of substance abuse, like alcohol or drugs. And, I mean, you know. It, it, so it's no shock that he, he, you know, he went back into his drug depression. Uh, you just hope that he gets well, and I hope that you know this decision between he and Chloe to work things out. It isn't a publicity stunt because you know it's going to be a media frenzy if they get back together and try to make this thing work. And so I hope it's real uh, for his sake. He can't take another loss like that. Um, but those are my thoughts, man. Prayers up for James Hart. <laughs> 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 yeah, J- James Harden. Like I said, yeah, he he gonna be taking some L's. Cause did y'all see his uh, his new shoe that dropped? His first shoe with with his new Adidas contract. Yes, they look terrible. Man, they, they now his shoes look like Sabagos for real. From nineteen eighty six. Man, them shoes look like Sabagos. <laughs> like they look like they look like. Uh, you remember Patrick Ewing when he had his shoes out yeah. years ago? They look like some Patrick Ewings. Man, it's awful, dude. It's awful. Like they, they like straight from. I, man, I don't know. They like straight from the the orthopedics office or something. And, and, and what's going to accentuate him and make him even more noticeable is that now he's wearing like the the 1980s shorts, the tight shorts, the real high ones. They showed a practice, a practice video of him uh, about two weeks ago. He had on like the little bit of tight shorts. I hope he don't play a few those in game, but he had them on in practice. They was like the old school 1980 John Stockton shorts. Wow! So it's it's, it's gonna be bad. I, hope uh, I, I think he I think he recovering still. I don't I don't know. <laughs> from that from the playoff game that they fucked up. Well, playoffs, uh, you know. Chloe, the, the ugly ass shoes that just came out with his name on it. He just ain't got no support in it. <laughs> he ain't got no, no, ankle just breaking. Uh, <laughs> your boy ain't got no grip. He, kinda, like he better not ever cross nobody up. <laughs> he got tear ACL trying to cross somebody up. <laughs> he might as well play in church shoes. <laughs> might as well as some church socks. <laughs> right. <laughs> but. I can't wait. Any one of you niggas right here. <laughs> yeah, I can't now. I'm still over here on James. 
prayers up for James Harden. Oh, 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 real quick, I want to throw this in. <laughs> no, because I know, I know, uh, I know it was a surprise to y'all that you know he uh, paid strippers. So I just went and looked up on uh, Google to. Uh, Verified just one example, but here's one example where it says James Harden paid a Houston stripper a hundred thousand to go out on a date, and it says this isn't the first time that a Houston Rocket star has been caught trying to buy a woman to show her off as his girlfriend. Once again, he has been caught doing the very same thing. As it's being said, Harden paid a Houston stripper a hundred thousand dollars to hang out with him for the night. According to a source, Harden wrote out a check to the stripper named Malia Michael for months. No, it says for months Harden has been at hard at work desperate to get her attention. The source said that Harden was, was, has given the stripper free tickets to Houston Rockets home games and has even bought her expenses, expensive bottles at the club. So, yeah, dude is a stripper lover. That was damn Man. Damn, right? A hundred thousand dollars. We need to go on that. Yeah, I need to learn how to make my booty pay. I need student loans off for my booty. I need one check. I know, and I'm straight. Money. I'm about to the money away. Hey, see, that money, I'm kind of like you said, that's the money I would use. It's amazing how this just shifted. I know. <laughs> I tell you. This is how, how this is shifted. He's the real victim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, y'all. Lamar gonna be fine. <laughs> Apparently, he gonna be fine. He know where to keep his dick hard. He got one of Man, I'm... In- he know where to get all the drugs to keep that <laughs> My, but you know okay so I did look at this and I looked at a lot of different angles and the stories of course you're going to spin it because it's a, any Kardashian involved you can be like a Kardashian housekeeper there's a way that there's going to be a media spin on this whole for instance first off Lamar isn't necessarily down and out he's not in the league anymore but he ain't broke He's got a net worth of $50 million. Now, in Hollywood, that might be chump change, but to niggas like you and me, uh, that's magnificent living, okay? Uh, I can live off of $50 million. Nigga, I can live off $100,000 right now, okay? Yes. <laughs> Not for my whole life, but for right now. That joke would get me straight for a while. That would get me straight for a while. Um, James Harden, if you listen, $100,000. <laughs> Hear me, bro. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I ain't shit. Yeah, so with some chicken wings, you cool. Just but, give me a MacBook out of it, and we good. I got you. Just make sure you got me. I got you. Yeah. Well, Bridget got us. I got y'all. Yeah, I'll be her all pair. <laughs> I'm always trying to be somebody fucking all pair. <laughs> but. Lamar's not, you know, he wasn't down and out. And so dropping 75000 I think people took that number and took where he was and just kind of just ran with it. First off, they both signed the papers, but due to a technicality, they weren't technically divorced. So he was just living life. He was just doing him. He was, you know, this wasn't an, an attempt for ratings because he was no longer part of the Kardashian Ryan Seacrest mountain pyramid scheme of life. So we didn't have we didn't have that going. And um 
here's where I will come and give the Kardashians some credit, or Chloe. I can't give them all, but I can give Chloe some credit because she she went immediately, stayed by his side the entire time, refused to have cameras come. Like he told Seacrest and his bitches, no. Like, don't do this. This is a very vulnerable time for him. We just need him to rest and recuperate. And she's been the primary person, primary source for his care. Um, she wasn't a bitch when his ex and the children came to visit and his father. So regardless of what happened behind the scenes, we do know these things. Kids came, the ex came, the father came. Coy was there. He got the best care. He's been moved on. So in my mindset, she's doing everything a person who loves someone is doing, or they would do, regardless of the circumstances. So regardless of the fact that they weren't together, because she could have been like, I'm living my life, fuck him. She really could have, like, people don't think about that. They were, she had already signed the papers. He had already signed the papers. She could have left him there. But the fact that she did that, I was like, well, that that's pretty, you know, especially the circumstances. Like, you find out that your ex-husband or soon-to-be ex-husband laying up fucking some tricks right. <laughs> and he has 12 seizures and he's back to using drugs because that was the reason that broke them up in the first place like they were fine but his drug use kind of got out of hand it was the cheating and the lying and then just the embarrassment because I think about it from a wife's perspective I would my husband do some shit like that Peace out. Man, what's in a heartbeat? Mm -hmm. So the fact that, and I'm not saying that that makes her desperate, it just makes her a person that just really, she cares about him. So I look at it like, okay, that's an admirable, that's admirable. Mm -hmm. I can, I can kind of get down with that. That's nice. Now, whether it's going to work out or whether this is to cue ratings, I honestly don't think so. I think she, I think, I honestly think they genuinely love each other. <laughs> I, I honestly do. I think that, you know, somewhere, that Kardashian heart. <laughs> there is some love. I think I like Chloe. Chloe is my favorite. Yeah, Chloe. Chloe is my favorite. You know, but I, like I said, I just I don't think it was for necessarily a. I, you hope it's not for TV, but I honestly, don't think it is. I think that they she really cares because she can always upgrade. You know, Lamar wasn't a looker. He still ain't no damn looker. You know, she could she could always have done better. She did better than fucking French Montana. Well, James Harden really wasn't that good looking either. I was, yeah. I was still baffled by that shit. He looks like when Peter Griffin tried to grow a beard. That's how his beard looks like forever. Like, I'm just expecting some little birds to go. So. So, <laughs> I just figured that I was like, well, she damn, she got three black dudes. Like, I'm just, that's my whole thing. Like, she can't date a white dude. Like, Courtney just fucked that up for everybody. It's Courtney and Scott fucked this shit up for everybody. Like, nah, we, we're not, de we not dealing with Vanilla Peen. That's all I can think of. I was like, <laughs> that's all I can think about. We just not going there, so. No pink peckers. No pink peckers. No. <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Mm. Alright. Uh, Joe, you got anything? No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, like, no, I'm good. I think, I think Ted covered it. To be quite honest. So what we've learned from this is that James Harden is the real big thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Mark Strait. Like, Mark's fine. 
<laughs> and I read another story that was funny that somebody said that Lamar probably did this to get Chloe Baker. I was like, that's yeah. kind of Chris Rock said. So time out, time out. Have you seen the main, the meme with Lamar Odom and Future? And it's got Lamar saying, "You know what you got to do, right?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I wanted to throw up my phone when I saw that. <laughs> Lord, have no, mercy. No. <laughs> no. Damn. Well, on that note, we're going to end this segment. <laughs> oh, prayers to Lamar. Prayers Shout out to James. To- <laughs> right. Man, send all the prayers up to James. Send me up, uh, uh, James Harden. My, my Twitter name is BGR. <laughs> <laughs> The DMs are open. Yes, I'm married, but my husband don't care. $100,000. <laughs> <laughs> he stopped playing. He turned his eyes away for one night. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop playing. Let me stop playing. Who cares? Man, driving now. This nigga be driving to Temecula. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or to Brooklyn. Oh shit. Oh shit. Okay. We're going to end the segment for real. Uh, We'll be back. segment of the EPB podcast and this one uh, kind of a a uh, it was a touchy subject on social media um, last week the new Star Wars trailer uh, dropped on Monday Night Football um, of course social media and also ESPN made sure they, they hyped it up and told everybody that it was going to be on, on halftime of, of the uh, Monday Night Football game so a lot of people who weren't interested in seeing the Monday Night Football game had to tune in or, I guess, just stay tuned to social media to figure out when halftime was. Um, 
But something kind of interesting popped up uh, after the Star Wars trailer. Um, there was a hashtag that came up that said boycott Star Wars. Uh, and the reason being is because I guess there was a segment of the population um, who basically were saying that because Star Wars has a lead black character um, uh, in the um, in the role that that um, that that all of a sudden now you know Hollywood is trying to take over and, and, and um, uh, you know infiltrate spaces where minorities weren't in before and, and now all of a sudden the country is is about to be overpopulated by minorities and blah 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 so um i'm a huge star wars fan myself uh have been since i was i don't know as long as i can remember um but we wanted to kind of talk about the issue because um yeah obviously it's, it's dumb as fuck but we're going to talk about why it's dumb as fuck so um let's kick it around um I guess initial. What's your initial thoughts of the uh, of that hashtag boycott Star Wars and this whole thing about um, uh, I guess you know minorities taking over sci-fi? Um, well, I think that first off, people are stupid, <laughs> and I could say the end, but. <laughs> I think the I think the ignorance of people with a correlation to blind I'm sorry black science fiction or speculative fiction is just it's just it's ridiculous like we've got fantastic science black science fiction writers speculative fiction and is one of the most grow, you know growing genres among African American writers a lot of people verge over into black science fiction or speculative fiction or science fiction. I don't even want to keep saying black. Here's my problem. And <laughs> it's bigger than Star Wars. It's bigger Uh-oh. than white privilege. It's just, it so <laughs> when you go to Barnes and Nobles, which I don't do anymore, or when you go into a bookstore and you go and you look for a book, and when you have your idea set on what your book is and you go and you see how they have those headings or like if you go inside, you see the headings where it's for cooking, where it's for religion, where it's for mystery, where it's for romance. You got this teeny weeny fucked up section that says black arts or black literature or black language, whatever they decide to. But it's a hodgepodge of everything written by black people. But you want to specify all the romance, all the white people. All the literature, all the white people. I don't see a... a it, it, it's so fucked up that now they decide to not only do African-American literature, but you might have Asian-American literature. You might have Native American literature. I'm, but there's not a problem. No one has seen that problem. And it's been something that's been ongoing for as long as I've been able to walk into a bookstore and look for a book. I think that the problem is that people segregate without thinking certain things like science fiction was just for white people. No, it really wasn't, never has been, never will be. But because you feel like you're the majority, which slowly you're not the majority, then it's a problem. Like we're convoluting the situation. Like with the whole thing with Rue and the Hunger Games. People were baffled, but if you went and read the book, she black in the damn book. She black in the book. God damn it! Uh, what's the girl name? Lawrence. 
Jennifer Lawrence or whatever name. She's supposed to be Native American. Katniss is Katniss Everdeen is Native American. Mm. I'm just I'm, I'm I'm just I'm I'm it it irritates me. So the brilliance behind J.J. Abrams and to bring this story and bring a different perspective to it, I applaud it. But there's always going to be some ignorance behind it, and people are stupid. I don't even want to say white people because I think that sometimes black people also look at the perspective. Well, that ain't right. That's not how it's supposed to be. Well, how the fuck is it supposed to be? So I just can't say it's from the perspective of just white people. Because I can't say all white people are stupid because I'm, not all white people are stupid. Majority of them bitches are stupid. But then I think of a majority of us or a majority of society is just stupid and they're blind. It's like these blinders that they have on. So it's a much bigger, it's a much bigger issue, but that's just the best way that I can describe it without trying to use as many cuss words as I want to use. How <laughs> you I'm trying to ruin <laughs> <laughs> on that. But it's just it's it's a it's a much bigger issue. I, John, what is his last name? Boyega, or that's the guy, that's the actor that's going to, that's the Stormtrooper. I mean, the trailer looks badass. Like, and I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I've seen a couple of them. I've seen some of the prequels. That shit puts me to sleep. (laughs) Some of the stories are fine. I wasn't a big fan of, oh, but they love Jar Jar Binks. Remember that shit? Mm. Remember that shit a couple of years ago? Mm. So... You know, anything if it's some cooning, we okay. Yes, but I don't boss. think I don't think they expected a stormtrooper or a star trooper to be, you know, to have that to be a black person. Because like, mm-hmm. they didn't expect him to that capacity. Now, if he was like a, a alien slave, <laughs> we'd be okay with that shit because that would seem normal in our minds. So it's just a you know, it's just a fucked up it's just fucked up perception. Yeah. So mm-hmm. And the thing that got me was, I'm like, this is not the first time that a black person or a black character has been in Star Wars. Darth Vader is fucking James Earl Jones. I mean, we don't see his face, but it's James Earl Jones. You go back to Billy D. Williams' character. Exactly. I mean, it's just Samuel L. Jackson was in the fucking South, one of the prequels, right? Am I wrong? He I was know. in two of them. Yeah. Actually, no, he was in all three. He was in all three. I take it back. So that was a main character too. So I'm, I, I was confused. I'm like, are these people in were born in 1995? Like, did they miss all of that, or what is going on? I think, I yeah, I think that just from reading over it, whatever the, I guess the stormtroopers are from a different planet, <laughs> and this is the planet that Luke and Obi Wan are from. So they ain't expect no black people to be on the planet. <laughs> like this is a segregated planet. Like no niggas here. This <laughs> is all true. only. They thirteen percent of the population, like America. I guess I don't know, but I mean, I just, I just like Anisha said. I found the whole thing stupid. I'm like, it's been black characters in Star Wars forever. I mean, like, so what's the big fucking deal? And I'm not a huge Star Wars fan like Anisha either, but at least I know enough about that. Now, the person that supposedly killed himself, I really think people are trolling us (laughs) with this (laughs) bullshit, Um, but uh, the person who supposedly killed themselves about it being a black character in the film, I was like... I hate to be mean, but I was like, bye, nigga. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> that was dumb anyway. Right. Good gosh. So, bye-bye. Right. Bye. Bye, nigga. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, it's sad, man. Um, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan either, but people were just, I mean, for 20 years, if you drank your coffee black, people just feel like they coffee needs to stay black. So <laughs> people people are not ready for change ever. And, you know, right. you, you just got to throw change on people sometimes and let them accept it. Um, the people who are screaming they're going to boycott it, that's fine. Uh, from what I hear, the pre-sale tickets have already sold out yeah. for the for uh, for the viewing. So, I mean, they can stay as at home, but some tells me deep down inside they ain't gonna want to miss it. If they are that, if, if they're avid Star Wars fans and it's that big of a deal, something inside them is gonna make them want to go see it, and they'll see it eventually. It's not a big deal. I mean, and they still selling, like you said, they sold out. So the diehard fans really going to see it. They ain't stopping no show. So no, no they ain't stopping nothing because um, I was trying to order tickets and this damn sites kept crashing. So you know, think, so it, it, they, trust me, they ain't missing no money at all. I, I think another thing, and I was just thinking about this while we were talking about it, was just the role of the character and maybe the amount of power and influence. And not saying the Billy D. William character didn't have the power and influence nor the Samuel L. Jackson, but I think it was to a different capacity as opposed to how this character will influence the actual story mm-hmm. or how the portrayal of Star Wars is from this point going. And I just think people just weren't ready to see a black person or maybe even a person of color. I'm just wondering how would it have been different if it was a Native American person or an Asian person or someone of a, you know, a, a, a POC, a person of color. We, 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 we choose those for everybody now, persons of color. But it was just another person of color would the backlash have been as outpouring as it has been for this young man? I'm just wondering if, if that makes me think, okay, so is it just for us or is it just for the sake of the story? Like, are you feeling this way because it's a black person or you feel like the narrative of Star Wars has been changed? Because sometimes that can be an issue when people feel like the story is not as direct based on the series. If you've been like an avid watcher or an avid reader, just like Game of Thrones, like, this whole shit that's on the show now, not in the book. The book's pretty much mm-hmm. over with. Like everything right. that's going from this point on is just off the visionary of the writers of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people ain't feeling that shit. So it, to me, it's just like if it's from the point, if it's if it's from the point of how Star Wars is supposed to be, and and someone just decided to come and change that. Are you mad at that because the core is changing, or are you just mad because there's a black person now in this role and you just? I feel like black people should be in Star Wars. Well, That's- see, I think it's a, I think it's a combination of both. Um, and the reason being is, okay, well, not to get too much into the whole mythos of, of Star Wars, but in the prequels, okay, well, in the original trilogy, there was this character named Boba Fett. He was a bounty hunter, and Boba Fett basically had like all of two lines between all of the the uh, original trilogies, but he became this this cult character because he he looked cool and he was kind of like he was like wow this guy looks like a badass so what happened was when they redid the originals uh back in the 90s they actually inserted him that character into uh some of the earlier scenes where he wasn't in before basically to give him some more screen time so when the prequels came out they were like well yeah we're gonna finally you know reveal some of the origins of boba fett which they did well, Boba Fett and his father just so happens that they were like the actual actor actors were they were like Polynesian. So you got this cult character who a lot of people when you go to like these, you know, different comic book conventions and that sort of thing, they're all dressed up as like a bounty hunter. Well that's 
that's off of Boba Fett. But Boba Fett in the in the in the actual movies was a Polynesian guy. You know, nobody had a problem with him either. So, and the thing with Star Wars and the kind of the the thing with George Lucas when he created Star Wars was that he created a whole rainbow of characters. I mean, you literally had like Yoda's green. You know, he's a little short, little green dude that's, that wheels all this power and is the wisest man in, in all the universe. You know, you got you got in, in um, you've, you've got a, a, a blob of a creature in you know in, in Jabba the Hutt. I mean, you've got a whole variety. You got a talking fish that's like the commander of the of the fucking rebels. You know, the one that guy's talking about it's a trap. That guy, like, he's a fucking squid. Like. You know who was thinking about this, and now you know people are complaining because this one guy is black. Well, they weren't complaining when they were cheering, you know, green ass Yoda on for fighting the, you know, the, you know, his ass jumping up and down with a lightsaber. Nobody was complaining about that shit. You know, when they got the the scene where the uh they got the little blue elephant dude playing the keyboard, you know, shucking and jiving, and they got these little guys behind them playing the saxophone and. and bassoons and shit looking like uh like like grown clitoris you know they weren't complaining about it either so now all of a sudden because a brother is, is a lead character now people want to complain like that that's the shit that fucks me up about it but, but you know whatever but Go my ahead. question is um before the trailer then we know that he was supposed to be black well, that's we the thing. In the in the teaser trailers, he was he was in the teaser trailers, uh, yeah. in the teasers, and then and then on top of that, when they first when JJ when they first did the reading or whatever, like nobody really knew how the story was going to go. We still really don't know how the story is going to go. It's just we're trying to piece stuff together from the trailers. But yes. in the in the original reading, when they had you know they had Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and. Uh, Peter Mayhew, who's the the act, the guy that plays uh, Chewbacca, the actual actor, mm-hmm. um, and they had you know like the new people that that, that are in it, including John uh, Bodega, the, the the black guy. You know, like they were all sitting down at a table. J.J. Abrams takes this picture and is like, "Hey, we're doing the table read for Star Wars." This is like two years ago, and like nobody knew like what his character was gonna be, but I guess they figured. He was going to be like another, you know, Lando Calrissian, who was Billy D. Williams' character, or you know, Samuel, somebody who's not like the, the, the main main guy, but somebody who's like that second, like a supporting kind of a guy or something. So, I don't know. I, I think people are just, you know, it, and that's the thing. Like I said, with Star Wars, like he had so there were so many characters and so many different varieties of, of races and species and. You know, all kind of things. So I think people are just are just pissing it off for nothing. And I mean, and the thing is, was like science fiction and comic books. Comic books have have all have been more inclusive a lot of times than society in general. You know, like uh, I was I was talking to somebody on on Twitter the other day about uh, Black Panther, uh, the comic, and the thing what they were saying like because there were some people that were complaining because. Uh, the writer of the, the upcoming Black Panther movie isn't going to be a black like they had asked a black guy to do they, well they first asked uh, Ava du, uh, Bainey to direct but she uh, she decided not to they had a conflict or whatever then they asked a black writer to, to write the actual movie not the comic book which uh, Ta-Nehisi Coach is doing but the actual movie so they asked another writer to do it he decided that you know, he he the vision that he had versus what the vision that Marvel had were different, so he decided not to do it either. Well, 
Twitter complained, or there were some guys on Twitter complaining about it, saying it's racist and blah 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 blah. But Stan Lee, who's the you know the creator, of basically damn near all the Marvel characters that that you'll ever see. Uh, he was the one that created Black Panther during, in the middle of the 60s during a time when that really wasn't popular. And he created this character who was a he was a king, you know, wealthy man, highly intelligent with a Ph.D. Uh, in physics, you know, and it was a strong character when nobody was really writing about, you know, black superheroes and, and, and black, you know, like basically strong black characters. So, you know. There, the history of, of comic books and sci-fi has been littered throughout with with black people, uh, especially from the mid '60s all the way out. So I don't I don't get why people are so pissy because this one dude is. And you know what? Fuck it. If he ain't there, then I you know I can sneak my Popeyes in and, and have me <laughs> a seat to myself and chill out. You know, give me a beer, shoot, and you know I might I might get a Coke Forty Five in memory of Billy D. Williams. Oh my God. Have me a forty up there, you know. I'm a, I'm a chill out. So let uh, we don't need all these races who, you know, on Twitter you look at that avatar and it's just an egg or it's an American flag or a sunset or uh, I don't need to see some people in, in my movie theater while I'm watching uh, Star Wars. It's a trolling ass. Trolling, yeah. So, all right. Well, so we're gonna wrap that up. And uh, speaking of one of those uh, right directors that I uh, pointed out, uh, we're going to talk about that and some more stuff on our way back.
All right, we're back with our card tour segment. Um, during this segment, we're going to discuss the Freedom Awards, which um, was last week here in Memphis. Takes place at the, um, is, was it the Cooking Vision Center? What, what they call that place down there? Cannon Center. The Cannon Center, yeah. It's part of the Cooking Vision Center, but it's the Cannon Center. Yeah. Call it. I call it the Cook. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the actual award ceremony is um, at night at the Cook, but during the day, they have a a pre-celebration to kind of celebrate the uh, the nominees, or I'm sorry, the uh, not the nominees, but Recipient. the recipients. Yeah, um, that took place at Temple of Deliverance. You know, that's GE Patterson's church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and so they invited a ton of people out. Um, and one thing you see during the pre-celebration, you see a lot of kids there from different schools. And um, I was there with a group of my kids, and just wanted them to experience this. Uh, experiences this that day and just kind of see those people who play such a significant role in the movement. Um, we're going to quickly discuss the, the, the recipients. Um, the recipients were uh, Ruby Bridges Hall, Joan Mulholland, and Ava DuVernay. And uh, honorable mention was Reverend Clark Olson. But really quick background on each one. Uh, we all know Ruby Bridges as the young lady who helped integrate um, schools a school in uh, New Orleans. Um, she was one of six black children asked to take a test and the test was to determine if they were qualified to go to a white school and um, she was one of six kids who passed it I'm sorry let me say that and so um, she each of the kids was was uh, assigned to a school and she was assigned to a school all by herself and the other kids were kind of grouped together and so it was really difficult for her father to let her go because she would be in there all by herself um, really great uh, point she uh she made but when it was determined that she would go to that school she said that every morning she would get up and she would get in the car and ride to school and every person in her neighborhood would walk around the car mm-hmm. all the way to her school the car would drive really slow and people they would surround her car and walk her to school because it was just as serious like people did not want her in that school so the so to protect her they would surround that car and to make sure that she would get there safely every day um also um, Joan Mulholland, who was a civil rights activist and a freedom writer. Um, she was known for her de- dedication to the movement and she integrated uh, Jackson, Mississippi's Tougaloo College. She was also the first white member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, which was really, really something I, I had no idea I was going away when I saw her picture. Um, she was arrested along with Stokely Carmichael um, back in the 60s and they were jailed and subsequently sent to one of Mississippi's toughest prisons where they were placed on death row for a short time. Wow. Um, crazy thing about her, she she grew up in a family that was wealthy. Her grandparents owned slaves. And, um, her mother married a Yankee and so when her mother got married, he uh, her mother wasn't necessarily wealthy but they weren't poor. But they still had enough money to own slaves. Um, and she was raised essentially by, by a black woman. Joan was which is why she decided to join in the movement because she had a, a true love for mankind. And uh, she was, when she joined in the movement, she was disowned by her mother um, and she just faced a lot of criticism. So she ended up leaving and moving down to Jackson, Mississippi and going to school and fighting in the movement. So um, really great story. Um, also, Ava DuVernay. You know her as the director of... I'm talking about Perk the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I with, a last, like, with a last name like DuVernay, you got to be fine. You got to be fine. But uh, Ava DuVernay, she's a, a, a director, a screenwriter. 
Um, she's known for her film, Selma, for which she was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture. She's the first black female director to be uh, nominated for that award. She also was uh, nominated for, um, what is this? It was the um, Best American, uh, Best, no. I'm sorry, my notes kind of junky. Forgive me. Oh, she, okay, she was awarded the Best Director Prize for her film, uh, Middle of Nowhere, at the Sundance Film Festival back in 2012. So she's really decorated. Great film, Selma. I think we've all seen it, except for me. Yes, I'm ashamed. I, yeah, I just... <laughs> but um, she she did an amazing job. And the last person was Reverend Clark Olson. If you've ever seen Selma, uh, I think Bridget said he was depicted in Selma. But he was one of three white clergymen who decided to march in Selma with uh, the other African-Americans. And uh, the night before, they were meeting to kind of decide strategically what they were going to do. And after the meeting, they were attacked by uh, segregationists. And one of the members was hit in the head and subsequently died. And so uh, it was his death that prompted President Lyndon B. Johnson to go ahead and sign the Civil Rights Act, uh, the Voting Act. And um, yeah, it was just a great cast of people. Um, thoughts, comments, Nisha. <laughs> I, I, know, I know, I know, there was a lot. Thoughts, with thoughts, and comments. First time, nigga, why me? <laughs> um, if if everyone's not familiar, the uh, Freeman Boards are annual, and they're sponsored by the National Civil Rights Museum. You also have sponsorships for the recipients, uh, such as. FedEx International Paper, the High Family Foundation, which I think sponsored these recipients this mm-hmm. year. And so what they try and do, and I think our past recipients have been like Debbie Allen, Oprah Winfrey. So you're getting a nice mixture of people that have not only made contributions to the... <laughs> I'm sorry. I was reading something at the same time. That just goes to show that my my teacher's name. I'm so sorry. So anyway. Make sure you guys give us five-star reviews on iTunes. We love those five-star reviews. <laughs> Ain't nobody's favorite now. I lost all my cool points. Oh, my God. <laughs> so anyway, not that I had cool points to begin with, but I'm just saying that the free awards. <laughs> 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 We can't cut this out, but still. <laughs> okay, long story short, goddamn. <laughs> um, the free Awards, um, it's become a prize or a signature event for the city of Memphis. And we're always. <laughs> See? I was trying not to do it. Now we got the gift goes over here. <laughs> We're always <laughs> we're we're always <laughs> it was great. <laughs> no, I mean I think that I, I, <laughs> man, look, congratulations to the man. 
this is the shortest segment in history. Because, <laughs> Lord, we ain't going to make it. <laughs> we ain't even watching football. It's just... No. No, we ain't watching football today. <laughs> Ooh, I get it, I get it, I get it. You I get sure? it. I'm good. Sure. I'm, good. I'm sure. I'm sure. I get it. Okay. Man, you're red. I get it. No, I get it. Because okay. if, if I don't get it together, Cam will go come in here and say, "You gonna die?" Because <laughs> you laugh too hard. I think you laugh yourself to death. Oh my God, we laugh. This little boy look like Gary Coleman. One time, I laughed for hours. <laughs> 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 He had Logan. His white couple walked by. He looked like that nigga look like Eric. <laughs> Me and Cameron laughed so hard. Cameron was like, "Stop! You're gonna die!" <laughs> I'm laughing. Oh, Freedom Awards. We got this. Um, this year's recipients were really good, really diverse, really from different backgrounds, and really different perspectives on how they've influenced. Uh, Black Lives, the cause, and and it was just really good. The the showing of the support for the city is always wonderful for the Civil Rights Museum. I feel like they've not done any wrong as far as their uh, the recipients or their nominations for recipients or who they decide to choose. We had some people that just were like, eh, "I ain't coming." Because it was Memphis, but I think it's it's grown in the mm. last couple of years to where it's more reputable. And people are appreciative of being uh, <clears throat> honored by the Civil Rights Museum, by the city of Memphis, and by that board. Um, so I, I really think that's a it's a good thing. So this year's recipients, honorees, awesome. I think they did a very great job. I saw highlights from the event. It looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ava DuVernay is fine, F-A-H-N, yeah. and, uh-huh. and, and she looks amazing, and her, so I just think like, this is a look fine, F-A-H-N. I was like, damn. <laughs> you so, smell of nick Mine. It's like, she's just gorgeous, and, and, oh. and, and she's so humble. I think that's the yeah. thing about her that I noticed um, in her acceptance is that she was very humble. And, and, and very just appreciative of being recognized, you know, for her contributions because she doesn't think that they're as big as she would want them to be. So I thought that was a good takeaway uh, from Miss Mulholland. Man, she was cool. She was. I, you know, you just, you have those people that are just like, cool, like, hey, yeah, girl, you're cool. But she was cool. <laughs> she was cool. So, and we all know Ruby, we've all seen that movie. So it's just, it was just nice. I think, you know, it makes you reminisce, but it also makes you keep focused and just be aware of how far we've come, how much further we've got to go. Mm-hmm. So I think the Freeman Wars always good. So that was my take. I'm sorry it took me 15 minutes to get there, but. We are not smoking weed. But if we would, <laughs> might not have made it through this day. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm sorry, I took all the time. But who else gets to that? I don't have, I mean, I'm good. I mean, I think Ted did a great job of breaking down, um, you know, the, the honorees and um, did also what Anisha said. So, congratulations to the recipients and. Joe, wrap it up. <laughs> well, I mean, um, 
yeah, I, I guess I pretty much echo everybody's sentiment, uh, with the exception of the, the Gary Coleman thing. But, <laughs> um, but like, like I knew about um, the only one that I wasn't really familiar with as far as the honor of the recipients were uh, Miss Mulholland. Um, I really didn't know too much about her, uh, and it's funny because um, um, there's a teacher up at the school who graduated from Tougaloo and um, I, I uh, talked to her on, on Friday about it a little bit and, and uh, like everybody at Tougaloo was, knows who, who she was and I, I, didn't, I had no clue so but it was interesting because she uh, she had met her uh, she had met Miss Mulholland um, uh, probably about 10 years ago and she said that she's one of those people that like once you meet them you, you'll never forget them even if it's just a one time meeting so, um, so that kind of speaks to like the, the type of person that, that, uh, that she was, so, or that she is. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, they, you know, the, the, the thing with the civil rights museum, first of all, if, if you've never gone to the national civil rights museum, definitely go, um, eat, uh, they've made a lot of improvements to it. It was already good, but they've made a lot more improvements to it. So it, it's really, it really is a good place to go when you're in Memphis, um, whether you're visiting or even if you live in Memphis and have never gone, because I know there are some people who live in Memphis and have never gone to the Civil Rights Museum. Um, so definitely check it out. Uh, but with the Freedom Awards and really anything that the National Civil Rights Museum uh, does or has done, uh, it's always been top notch and it's always been it, it's never been over the top. It's always been real, you know, high class and and uh, very well done, and, and I know uh, I know Miss Mrs. Beverly Robertson is is no longer the uh, director over there, but um, she really did lay a, a foundation uh, for the Civil, National Civil Rights Museum. So, um, so those those are pretty much my thoughts. All right, it sounds good, man. Uh, again, just to uh, echo Anisha Simmons, congratulations to all the recipients. Um, we appreciate what you've done, and um, hopefully we can move forward as a, as, as a people and continue to contribute to uh, our progression, because we are definitely, it's definitely needed right now. Yes. Um, and we're going to take a break, and we will be back with the Pop Tunes.
are back and we are right in time for our pop tune segment again we always want to thank you guys uh, for listening also loving our music choices we always get hit up like oh what's that song or oh you know really love the um the music that we play or the music collections that we do for the week. So our Blue Bridget made a playlist on Spotify. So the song choices we do for the week that are in the pop tune segment are always linked up on our Spotify. So go to that and check it out. And it is under DPD broadcast, correct? So we're going to jump right in to our pop tune segment for the week. So we're going to wrap it on over to Joel and tell us what song you chose for the week. All right, so the song that I chose this week is a is a throwback, actually. Uh, one that I picked is uh, from Raekwon, uh, famously from the Wu-Tang Clan, and I picked Verbal Intercourse. Uh, now, this is on his, off of his first album, uh, Only Built for Cuban Links. Uh, this year is actually the 20th anniversary of uh, the album dropping, and uh, he did a little mini tour uh, I know he went to Memphis and he came here to Houston. I didn't get a chance to go, but um, this album is a—it's one of my favorite Wu Tang albums. Raekwon is one of my favorite Wu Tang artists. Um, the thing that I like about it is, um, like in in at the towards the bottom of the cover, it had a uh, guest star Tony Starks, who of course is Ghostface Killer, but they have like this tag team relationship going on and it's like really cool they really play off of each other and I probably could have named at least 10 songs for as far as my favorite one off of this album um, but this one to me Verbal Intercourse kind of more than any of them it kind of plays off of that relationship between them I mean I know there's you know Ice Cream Man and uh, Heaven and Hell and I mean there's a few other ones too but I was kind of in a Raekwon mood because I heard uh I didn't even know that he had dropped another album this year, and I heard it, and quite honestly, I wasn't really impressed with it, so I was kind of like, mm. um, so I kind of went back to the Wu-Tang days, and I was like, yeah, this, this is it, so so that's my song of the week. Um, Ted, what you got? Alright, uh, my pick was actually uh, inspired by Joel's pick. <laughs> when he told me what he was picking, I was like, oh shit, because I immediately thought back to my high school Wu-Tang days. I think I got hooked on Wu-Tang about uh, my junior year in high school and that was around the time uh, the Wu-Tang Forever album was about to drop and I remember playing that album non-stop and Wu-Tang wasn't really big here in the South in Memphis um, it was uh, it was just kind of weird because I liked it and when I would play it people would be like what the hell are we listening to because if you've <laughs> ever listened to Wu-Tang they have their own vocabulary their own kind of language and it, it, the way they rap it, it paints a perfect picture, but you still sometimes don't really know what the hell they're honestly saying. But um, <laughs> but my song for the week, let me get to it. My song for the week is Ghostface Killers, uh, Killers of uh, Winter Wars. And um, I thought about this song because this was always one of my favorite Ghostface songs. It's on the Iron Man album. That was his first album. Um, but the reason why I always loved this song is because of Cappadonna's verse at the end. And uh, I remember reading an article in Vibe. No, it was in the source one day. And they talked about the top 15 rap verses of all time. And this was in the top five. It was Capadonna's uh, verse on Winter Wars. And if you've ever heard it, it's like, you, you pretty much can tell when a rap verse is going to end. You know, when those 16 bars are about to close. <laughs> the man does like 98 bars. Like, <laughs> it doesn't end. He keeps going, but he's like spitting and it's just crazy. Um, 
but when you hear it, he's the last person to rap and he just he, he takes you on home. So my track for the week is Ghostface Killers win I mean Ghostface Killers Win Awards. All right. And I am up next. I chose something that actually I honestly had this was one of the songs I wanted to choose earlier on, but I didn't I didn't for whatever reason. But I really like this band. They've really, you know, taken off. Um, you're probably familiar. It's the Alabama Shakes. And it's off their latest album that dropped uh, around mid-April, Sound and Color. And the song that I chose was Don't Wanna Fight. Uh, my girl Brittany got like some strong ass vocals. Oh, I'm talking what? about off the chain. And she's just a powerhouse. And I I like them. I honestly like them. So that was my song choice for the week. I ain't got no reason, no story why. That's just the shit I chose. This shit jamming, hell. That's so, why she chose it. That's <laughs> right. So now we go jump to Bridget. Okay, everybody got peppy songs. I done slowed it down a little bit. Um, I'm trying to get back into, not get back into, but I'm trying to get into soul house music. And the song I chose today was uh, from Ralph Gum. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, and he's a DJ from Germany. Um, and the name of the song is called Do It For Love. Um, and the album is from, hold on, I closed the app like a dummy. Uh, it's from 2012, <clears throat> but I forgot how I got introduced to this song, and I just happened to find it somewhere. I don't know, but um, it's one of the songs I listen to um, when I'm just kind of cleaning it up around the house or doing homework or just want to chill out. Um, but yeah, but the whole album goes. Um, but I'm trying to think of the name of the album. Hold on, y'all. I got. Uh, Alabama Shakes on the brain. <laughs> oh, the name of the album is uh, Never Leaves You, and it's from 2012. I think he has some more recent stuff, but I haven't listened to it. Um, and he, I read up a little bit about him. He's been around for a while, um, like since the 90s. But yeah, just check out the album. It's a bunch of jams on there, um, just from start to finish. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. Anybody got any any lasting thoughts? Memphis is seven and zero. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Go Tigers, go! What a time to be alive! I know, what? right? Prayers up for James Hart. <laughs> oh, mercy! Just make sure to add him to your sick and shit. On your church oh, bulletin, and if no. you do actually do that, send us a picture. We'd <laughs> love to see it. <laughs> Well, yeah, follow us on Facebook, um, look for the EPB broadcast, um, follow us on Twitter. I think, I don't I don't feel like spelling out the name. But you can just search for EPB yeah. broadcast and it'll pull up our uh, Twitter, hand, Twitter handle. Yeah. Um, email us at EPB, was the EPB broadcast at gmail.com. Reach out. We appreciate it. And uh, somebody's <laughs> Make this world a better place. Also, don't feel bad that we took a break. You see what happened when we came back. So, we came back stronger, <laughs> stronger than ever. So, um, as always, we appreciate you guys for listening, and we'll catch you on the next round. So, peace. Go Tigers, go! No chicks, no chicks, baby. Yeah, no chicks, no chicks, check it out, y'all. Fly, Fly, yeah, yeah. Tony Stark, Tony Stark, Monday night, 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 Tony St
Cameras in action, glamour, glitters, and gold. I unfold the scroll, plant seeds to stampede the globe when I'm deceased. But in the beast, the rise like yeast to conquer peace, leaving savages to roam in the streets, live on the run. Police paying me to give him my gun. Trick my wisdom with the system that imprison my son. Smoke a gold leaf, I hold heat nonchalantly. I'm grungy, but things I do is real and never haunts me. Wow, funny style niggas rolling a pal. Booster heads profile on a bus to Rikers Al. Holding weed inside they pussy with their minds on the pretty things in life. Props is a true thug. Wife is like a cycle. Niggas come home, some will go in. Through a bullet, come back. Do the same shit again. From the womb to the tomb. Presume the unpredictable. Gun salute life rapidly. That's the ritual. Perhaps bullets bust. Niggas discuss mad money, true lies, and white guys. We can see you through the eyes. Catch the most on tape. Kilos disintegrate. Pyrex spots. We break fiends licking plates. In the building, niggas building. Like little children staring. The older niggas ain't caring. Sirens circle and fiends are lurking in your baggage. Oh, one's going there. What smack him in his cabbage in the woodwork Crack sales bubble like bullworks in the projects Richest niggas rocking all the real work Police questioning, rooftop cats investing in Trading in their Lexuses, GS is sending messages Two and two makes four crystals crazily poor Gun wars, my crew feel them like swords With the green levers, hundred pound snakes and cakes Fiends found the lakes, jealousy jakes We shake what I strive for is what I live for Infatuated by material things And it's wildlife for warlife Somewhere over the rainbow I see a Big pot of gold, future stacks so I hold Thousands of cracks bagged up inside the shoebox Don't keep Jack in my lap, don't wanna see Tupac Got two spots of new locks, fluttering rocks Shootouts making me hot, crooked cops, bad Tony in a ball drop And then now, I'm begging niggas for slot time Hurry up, Duke, I'm next soul line And what the fuck is you looking at? By the way, young blood, take me off with that green bay hat Watch the back inside the hall, new niggas slide through like doors Yo, they're staring in the mess on your adrenaline run Cigarette niggas be swindling, new jack surrendering, come home not remembering. Made bail with different size kicks on, a white dress shirt, looking gay in the yard. And you got hurt in flashbacks for the day room, mop ringing style. Your faggot ass got bashed, trying to turn it down. You told your boo you was wildin'. Once you heard woo, added a blue, your family's from Shaolin. High class cooks, no more investors out of phone books. Infirmary niggas are screaming, I got juice. Sharpin' two brushes, 190 mixed with baby oil and shit. Your man's in the kitchen stashing ice picks. Well, I'ma end this with a big red cherry on top Me, Nas, and Ray got the best product on the Train, block Load up, throw your hands shit. up, good cock shit, back nigga. the next time, no Say no whatever y'all want to Keep your eyes open and you're wild and you're flying Pocket grits of ghosts and chef and nines niggas in the world out loud, Wu-Tang's back for more, yes the hour's four, I told you before, prepare for mic fight, and plus the cold war, this rhyme you digest through the RZA console, ask why I slam nine diagram pole, Raekwon dropped the bomb, hunchback, Notre Dame, golden arms is bronze, Buddha palm, hit Quran, it blows extreme, mainstream be the theme, supreme team, America's cream team, redeem beat out the soul, chrome tones, hit the moans of Al Capone, gunpowder to the dome, and split the bones, wig blown off the 
ledge by the alleged full fledged sledge rizzer edge one dose of my baroche handheld trigger cut I got pella spitting shell paralyzed you get touched incredible mic cause hanging like umbilical cause those swords five star general roar be the quote rap style sword throat through the fully operation new handheld totem hmm? yes this shit is raw coming at your door you start to scream out loud Wu-Tang's back I'm on for more times one snatch up my sounds get done I hold a title and here's how my belt was one second slick majestic broke mic so left infected germs start to spread through your crew do like an effort you ask for it shut up the jams like syringes my technique alone blows doors straight off the hinges master avenger I appear to blow your ear like wind with a freestyle sharper than the Indian spear so sit back and let the king explore describe me the kid's nice and he holds swords in his name black attached to nerve like migraines with more games than beggars on trains living sharp pains poisonous rebel like deck you can't destroy this you get ambush skate try to avoid this side effects of hot raps and hot tracks a duffel bag full of guns sun dipped in black my culture plots and attacks like a vulture ghost face and madison square is on your poster yes this shit is raw coming at your door you start to scream out loud wu-tang's back for more yes the hour's four i told you before prepare for mic fights and plus a cold war be on the lookout for this mass murderous suspect that fills more body bags than apartments and projects and as far as the coroners know the autopsy show it was a shallow blow put on by my family brought to the academy of the Wu and learned how to fuck up your anatomy steadily calm and deadly splatterhead lyrics I lick through your transmit MC submit to the will as I kill your juvenile freestyle civilize the mental devils worship this like an icon bear hugging mites with the grips of a python Yes, this shit is raw coming at your door Start to scream out loud, Wu-Tang's back for more You heard other rats before, but kept waiting for the son of song I keep dance hall strong, beats another worthy of my cause I prolong extravaganza, time sit still No propaganda, be wary of the skill As I bring forth the music, make love to your eardrum Dedicated to rap, nigga, beware the fearsome Lebanon, Dawn, Malcolm X, B-Threat CD massacre, murder to cassette I blow the shop up, you ain't seen nothing yet One man Ran trying to get away from it Put your bifocal on, watch me a cometh Into your chamber like Freddy into dream This kaboomerate your technique in your scheme Four cause applause like a blackjack did that You stuck on stupid like I'm stuck on the map Nowhere to go except next show, bro Entertaining motherfuckers can't stop O.M. battling You don't want me to start tattling All up on the stage cause y'all snakes keep rattling Bitch, you ain't got nothing on the rich Every other day my whole dress code switch So just in case you Wanna clock me like Sherry All y'all crab bitches ain't got the worry Can't get a nigga like Don Dom a dozen Even if I'm smoked out I can't be scoped out I'm too ill I represent Park Hill See my face on a $20 bill Cash it in and get $10 back The fat LP with cappuccino on the wax Pass it in your thing Put valve up to 12 Put all the other LPs back on the shelf And smoke a blunt And dial 917 16049311 And you could get long dick hit Pop affection. I damage any MC who step in my direction. I'm Staten Island best, son. Fuck what you heard. Niggas still talking that shit is absurd. My repertoire is USSR. PLO style got thrown out the car and ran over by the Method Man Jeep. Devon can't define my style. It's so deep like pussy. My low cut face stay bushy like a porcupine. I part backs like a spine. Got you like a blunt and reconstruct your design. 
I know you wanna diss me, but I could read your mind Cause you're weak in the knees like SWV Trying to get a title like Woo Killer B Can't change your habit, you know I'm friends with the Abbott Me and Rizza Rod name printed in the tablet under vets We paid out debts for mad years Hibernated sound and now we out like beers And born power, born physically, power speaking The truth in the song be the pro-black teaching Gonna work myself to death 